Welcome to Business Titans, where we teach eight-figure founders and CEOs how to make more sales. And in this video, I'm going to show you the 11 most common leadership weaknesses I've seen from working with over 100 different companies, 100 different leaders. Actually, in fact, I've worked with 93,000 uh, entrepreneurs at ePrens.com and over 600 startups at New South Wales Startup Hub. So I get to see a lot. And so when it comes to leadership weaknesses, I've pretty much seen most things. Now, if you're a leader yourself, you know that you've wanted to go to the next level through teams. You know that you have to build a powerful team around you in order to scale to the next level. And you also know that if you're in a leadership position, then sometimes things may not go your way. And as they say, the higher you climb the ladder of success, the more your ass is exposed. And sometimes when you're a leader, you have those situations with your team where maybe they're not quite clear on what you're doing, or maybe you feel like you have to do everything on your own, or maybe you feel like it's just quicker if I do it myself. And, and so these are the things that we come across with as leaders. So I'm gonna show you in this video the 11 most common leadership weaknesses I have seen. Number one, you lack a clear vision goals and big picture strategy for your company, department or team. I can't tell you how many times you go and listen to a leader's vision and it just kind of doesn't make sense. It's it's a lot of words. Uh, it's a lot of complex words. And typically because they've come from the, the, the technical background, maybe they built the product, maybe they've been in the reads and they can't ascend high enough to really see a big vision. Now, when I was talking to Steve Baxter, one of the sharks of Shark Tank uh, and, and also of... Um, uh, Tencent, the, uh, the investment firm, he's come across a lot of businesses as well. And one of the things that we spoke about, I said, Steve, what are you really looking for when you, when you're going to invest in a company? And one of the things that he said, super powerful is vision. They've got to have a massive vision. And so one of the things you need to do as a leader is expand your horizon, think bigger, build a really big vision that people can understand and that they can buy into. That's number one. The second thing, is that the team doesn't understand the vision, the goals, or the strategy. You may have them, but they haven't been clearly and effectively communicated to your entire team. This causes a lack of coherence and inefficiencies in your business as people and departments work out of phase. So this incoherence is very, uh, it can, it can really destroy a company because if you've got one team moving in a certain direction, you've got another team moving in a certain direction, then all of a sudden you won't get to your destination and you won't get to your vision. Now, the vision unifies all this together in a beautiful strategic framework that people can understand. And it's just like when you're learning, you've got to, you learn through repetition. So you've got to be constantly repeating the vision to your stakeholders. You've got to make sure that you elevate the vision in your business so that everybody can sing from the same him, she, okay? Number three, you have one or more habitual behaviors that undercut your performance as a leader. I can't tell you that how many times we are creatures of habit. We are creatures, 90% of everything that we do is based on habituation, is based on habitual patterns, based on uh, our brain's desire to make things simple for us. Now, we may have some behaviors that can jeopardize our success. We may have certain jealousies. I've seen this in leadership. Maybe we're scared of people not listening to us. There's so many different things that can stand in our way, but this comes down to, at the end of the day, a lack of self-awareness. And when I spoke to Naomi Simpson, one of the other sharks, we talked deeply about personal insights, about personal awareness, going deep into the psyche and understanding yourself uh, from from a perspective. If you can hear my dog barking in the, in the background right now, she, she's a barker. I'm sorry. So if you're hearing the barking, I apologize. That's just what she likes to do. Uh, number four, you have a hard time of letting go of control. You've been burned so many times in the past that you tend to just do things yourself. 
this this one it, it, out of the 11, I would say is probably one of the most important ones because I can't tell you how many times I see see leaders say, oh, it only takes me five minutes. Oh, it only takes me 10 minutes. Oh, it only takes me 30 minutes. Oh, it'd be quicker if I just do it myself. You end up become becoming a jack of all trades and a master of none. And if you're in a leadership position, you have to become a master of leadership. You have to become a master of being a leader in your business so that you can lead people towards the goal. If you jump in and do everything yourself, then that is a recipe for disaster. In actual my deep dive course, I teach people exactly how to structure their systems and processes so they can get themselves out of the work. You have to get yourself out of the work in order to be successful. You have to sit above the organization. And as they say, when was the last time you worked on your business instead of in your business? You have to work on your business. Number one, two, three, four, five, your company lacks leadership attention. If you only had more leaders, you could see so many more of the abundant opportunities to grow your business. Look, let's let's just be really clear. A leader's job is to have strategic vision. It is the person, the guy or gal responsible for thinking in the business, thinking far ahead, thinking six moves ahead, thinking 12 moves ahead, thinking one year ahead, thinking five years ahead, thinking in in one of the executives that I work with, they're currently working on a 20 year strategy. Now, some people can't even plan for six months, yet the very senior executives, and I'm talking people that lead 40,000 people, right, in their business, they're working on a 20 year strategy because they have to be that far ahead. That's what leadership's about. It's about the thinking. And what I see in business so much is that people aren't doing the thinking. They're not getting down, they're not ignoring all distractions, and they're not sitting there doing the thinking. That is what's going to break apart businesses. Number six, you avoid tough conversations and confrontation, or you dive into the situations, or you don't do it tactfully well, that is very important here. When we talk about the, the you've got to be willing, you know what, you've got to be willing to have a hard conversation. Sometimes you've got to be willing to say, you know what, you didn't meet the KPI. What stopped you from get, from achieving that KPI? And then awkward silence. And then implement this today, I promise. Implement this today. If somebody doesn't hit the KPI that you've set and you see that they haven't hit it in front of the team, you say to them, why didn't you hit that KPI? Well, what's going on with the KPI? Maybe it's it's a, it's the fact that the KPI is wrong, right? Maybe the KPI is just too high and it's unachievable and you notice a trend with that KPI that it's too high and then in, you, you're going to have to uh, reduce that goal. But maybe it's a case of the person was sick, or maybe they're ill, or maybe they're dealing with their mom's problem, maybe they've got a sister that's going through this problem. All the excuses start to come out, right? So you've got to make sure that in your business you set the KPIs and that you're willing to have the hard conversation in your business when people don't hit the KPIs. You've got to make sure that you do that. It's very important. So that was number six. Now, number seven, your team has an attitude problem. They know what to do, but for whatever reason, e.g. bad apple or lack of motivation, they just don't perform as they should. I've seen this so many times in business where people, you meet with the people and they're like complaining all the time. This is a problem. I got that problem and this problem. My father's got this problem. My brother's got that problem. Um, Or maybe they just think, you know, that's never going to happen. That's never going to work. That strategy is not going to work. I've tried that before and it didn't work. Or it's, we've done this this way this for this many years. It's the way we've always done it. That's the one thing that grinds my gears more than it. When somebody says, 
This is the way we've always done it. Me immediately, steam out of the ears, face goes red, and I'm trying as hard as I can to keep it cool because that's one of the things that grinds my gears more than anything else in business when somebody says, this is the way we've always done it. Can't stand it, can't deal with it. Uh, number, so that was number seven. Number eight, your team misperceives you. Let me explain that one. Uh, they interpret your behaviors and communications in negative ways. So maybe you're asking for things too aggressively. Maybe you're not uh, having empathy when you're talking to your team. My, my, my best definition for empathy, which I love this definition, I've taken it with me into my leadership journey, is that empathy is connecting with the underlying emotion of an experience, right? So if you have empathetic leadership and something else I call magnetic leadership, which again, I teach in my deep dive course, magnetic leadership, how to get people to follow you uh, like a magnet, is that sometimes when you're talking to your team, maybe they can misinterpret what you're trying to do in a bad way. And that generally comes from ego. That usually comes from having your ego in the way. Maybe you're a bit more gruff than you should be because you're, you're afraid of people not uh, believing in you or maybe you're scared of people being disloyal to you. Or that's probably one of the ones that I've seen the most where people are so scared that people are going to leave them that they end up treating them much rougher than they should and therefore push the people away. It is a, a deep, deep psychological problem that I've seen with many different leaders and many different people that they're so scared of being hurt that they push people away in order to not feel the pain. And then when that person moves away from them, they're like, what the hell just happened? I mean, I thought I, tr I treated that person so nicely. I mean, I've always been a nice person to that, to, to that person and they're not really seeing it properly. So it's very important to deal with your ego and business or that could be a really big problem for you. Number nine, here we go. Your team is not accountable. Oh my God, I love the word accountability, it's beautiful. They miss or drop balls. They These avoidable mistakes cost you greatly. You've lost customers and you've put, been put in embarrassing situations and have to fix things. This one is another one that grinds my gears. It's like people say stuff and then they don't follow through and they don't do it. Or, or this excuse or that excuse, or they can't get through to the person, this person's ignoring them. All these kinds of excuses, right? That is a lack of accountability. You have to be able to hold people accountable in your business and you have to be able to say, you told me you were going to do this. Why isn't it done? You have to generate that cultural aspect of your business where you hold people accountable. If you can't hold people accountable in your business, then you, my friend, are not a leader and you have to get that implemented today. Very important. Number 10, everyone you manage keeps coming back to you to get your inputs. At times, it feels like you're doing your job plus a lot of other people's jobs. This one is one that I call in, in my coaching practice is when people delegate the thinking back up to you. They can't quite just sit tight enough, long enough to really map things out in their minds and come up with a solution. They keep coming back to you, right? So one of the things, one of the strategies that I do and, and that I teach in one of my courses is to push the thinking back onto the individual. So if somebody comes up to you and you notice that they're delegating the thinking back up to you, you've got to then delegate that thinking back down to them and say, look, I, I don't have time to think about this right now. If I was you, this is how I'd do it, but please let me know what you think when you've done it, right? So this is, this is something that happens all the time. If you're really good at what you do, then people are just going to want your influence and your feedback all the time. But sometimes that's not possible. Um, I've had situations many times where people say, you know what? I, I'm just, I'm just not the person to do it. I try to delegate something to someone in my team and they're like, well, I'm just not the person to do it. And I'm saying, well, 
I'm definitely not the person to do it. So it's going to sit with you until you can find someone that can take that on and take the accountability for it. Because I cannot be accountable for everything. I'm responsible for everything at the end of the day. Sorry, I'm accountable for everything. I can't be, sorry, let me rephrase. I can't, if I can get my words together. So I can't be responsible for everything. I'm accountable, meaning that the higher you climb, the more your ass is exposed, right? So your head's on the chopping block. You can be accountable for everything, but you can't be responsible for everything. That's where you have to delegate responsibility and say, okay, I'm going to take accountability for it. I'm going to be the guy or the gal that makes sure that it gets done at the end of the day. But I need you to be responsible for taking charge, for getting it done, for understanding the business case, for developing the numbers, for understanding what the gaps are so that you can take responsibility for getting that done. By the way, let me know when it's done. So if you try to delegate something, you try to delegate responsibility in your team, you keep the accountability for it and they don't quite know where to go or they push it back up to you. You keep it on their lap, make it their problem until they go and fix it themselves. Very important stuff. Uh, and number 11, finally, woo, I can hear the, the, the choir bell singing now. Number 11, your current managers just haven't matured yet as leaders. They want to do a good job, but lack the skills and experience to be great managers right now. Coaching, I'm telling you, coaching is one of the things you have to get great at. You have to become a good coach if you want to be a leader because you have to be willing to work on, on work on things with people. You have to be willing to chew the fat with them. You have to be willing to get under the surface of what's really going on. So if you want to be a great leader, you have to develop leaders in your business. At first, yeah, they're going to be managers. You're going to, you're going to give them things to manage, but then eventually they have to learn to be leaders themselves and they have to learn to let people fail. They have to learn to give people enough rope for them to hang themselves because that's kind of what leadership's about. It's about dragging them on the big vision, on the big cause, reaffirming the vision, reaffirming the beliefs, keeping people motivated, uh, keeping people unified, keeping people on the same page. That's what leadership's about. And then management is about making sure that things get executed in a timely fashion, making sure that balls don't slip, making sure that everybody's accountable. That's what management's all about. Leadership is about the big picture stuff. And maybe in your business, you're doing both. Maybe you're leading and managing. The, the highest level you can get to a manager uh, as a leader, the highest level you can get to as a leader is a leader that then has managers managing the things, right? So if you're leading and managing, there's still another level for you to get to, and that's being a leader. So look, thank you very much. If you like this, like, share, and subscribe. I'm going to release videos like this very frequently, aside from when I interview actual business titans, like people I've interviewed, like Howard Berg, Guinness World Record holder for speed reading and learning, uh, Mel Gibson, Passion of the Christ, uh, and Braveheart, uh, Naomi Simpson, uh, and, and, you know, Steve Baxter, Shark Tank, like tons of people that I perceive to be absolute titans. And we get inside and we understand them from a, from a deeply personal perspective. Your like, share and subscribing and commenting helps me spread the word. And I, if you feel that this was valuable to you, let me know which of these 11 was most valuable to you because uh, I'd love to begin a dialogue. And thanks to David Finkel of Inc. Dot, uh, for articulating these 11 things, which I've essentially just re-articulated in what I've seen out in the field in my day-to-day -day life. So thank you very much for watching and I'll see you on the next episode of Business Titans where we help eight-figure founders and CEOs make more sales. See you later.